Hey, study buddies, Omar here. Now, before we jump into today's investigating angel, I have a very special announcement for you. We are throwing a Halloween party. That's right, we are throwing a Sunnydale study group Halloween party, and we will be doing a pub crawl through downtown Sunnydale. That's right, we'll be doing a pub crawl through downtown Sunnydale. How is that possible? You ask? Well, head over to our Twitter page, SSG Podcast on Twitter, or our Facebook page, Sunnydale Study Group, for more information on exactly what's going on. But we will be doing it Halloween night. We'll be going through five locations in Sunnydale. We are going to have prizes because we will be playing games. We'll be doing trivia. There's probably going to be some singing. And of course, costumes are always encouraged. So if you want to join us and you're in the LA area, please check out SSG Podcast on Twitter or Sunnydale Study Group on Facebook for all the information you need. And if you can't join us, that's totally fine because we're going to be posting a ton of stuff and doing some live streams while we're wandering around in downtown Sunnydale. And so everyone is invited, whether you're in person or online. All right, guys, let's head over to the Central Library. But again, check out our Twitter and Facebook for more information. All right. Hello and welcome to the Sunnydale Study Group, the podcast for attorney Scoobies and Buffy newbies. We are currently investigating some angel. That's right, this is an angel week, which means we are down in Los Angeles chatting about the show Angel and using those episodes to discuss life things. Hi, I'm Omar. I'm Chris. And I'm James. And today we are discussing episode 13 of season one, She. That we are. There it is. And I think that's a full wrap on the session, right? I think we cool. Covered yeah, awesome. we covered it. Guys, this great. was great. Yeah. What a, a lot great of good material. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Written uh, by Marty Noxon. Written by Marty Noxon. I believe her first Angel episode. Oh, you know what? Actually, I think I haven't checked, but I, that sounds right. We haven't brought up Marty Noxon yet. Uh, and we, we love Marty Noxon, so that would make sense. Yeah. I get, oh, it looks like she co wrote it with Greenwald as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I read as Marty Noxon wrote it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so and, and Greenwald changed lines when he was directing it. Yeah. <laughs> and said, I'm going to take a writer credit. Uh, this episode, of course, stars Tracy Costello as Laura, Andre L. Robertson as Diego. PJ Marino as Peter Wilkers, Honor Bliss as Girl. That's a great name, Honor <laughs> Bliss. Uh, Chris Duran as Demon Henchman number one. Who is it? I guess there were multiple Demon Henchmen. Yeah. 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 So, so top build Demon Henchman. Uh, Allison Simpson as Demon Girl number one. And Lucas Dudley as security guard. Great work, Lucas. Strong, strong cast. <laughs> to be honest, though, like I, you know, when we were talking about a Sonambulist and uh, Jeremy Renner, and I had a whole thing about how you know a lot of episodic television, you get a lot of actors that you know are there for the episode, and you never see them again. Um, this episode alone has Bailing mm-hmm. from The Crow, one of my favorite movies of all time, and and Wild Wild West, right? Isn't she in Wild Wild West? I don't know. I don't know anyone who's also seen Wild Wild West, so I can't confirm that. I love Wild Wild West. (laughs) That's so sad. Um, But it also has Sean Gunn, so I am rescinding what I said a few episodes ago because for some odd reason, Angel, of all television shows, is chock full of people that ended up having very, very good careers later on after their appearances. Absolutely. We had Ken Marino in the last one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have uh, the guy who plays Sawyer is in the very first episode of Angel. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of the first vamps. Wow. Yeah. Uh, And then throughout, there's many... Just appearances of people who just popped into Angel and popped right out. Yes, kudos to that casting office for just knowing what talent was. Yep. Yeah. Know, just a good eye for talent. Hiring some good people that would end up having good long careers afterwards. Mm-hmm. 
And David Boreanaz's career really, I think, took off in this episode as I think it has maybe one of the most classic moments in Angel ever, which is Angel's uh, little, little tiny clap dance. We get treated to Dancing Angel, something <laughs> that you can find several YouTube videos of. It was a meme before it, memes were a thing. You yeah. can still find GIFs of it. I mean, like, or GIFs. Do we say GIFs or GIFs here? I say GIFs. Okay. GIFs. I'm going to say GIF. But um, Jeff is peanut butter. You can I can only imagine like what the internet would have been like if the internet had been what it was today, and like how oh just just the BuzzFeed article yeah. off of the <laughs> off of all of the How's reactions your day going, to that montage. To the angel clap yeah. dance. Yeah. 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 Are you this clap or are you this clap? <laughs> yeah. Oh, when he pulls out those tiny little claps, it just takes it to a new dimension of amazing. Yeah. Uh, I just watch that clip whenever I want to feel a little good. And then the Wesley dance, also pretty good. Mm -hmm. But I think that we expect Wesley to be kind of silly and wacky. Yeah. Totally okay with Wes dancing, right? That's like, yeah, par for the course. Yeah, mm -hmm. Wes would be an awkward dancer. But then Angel doesn't even do it. He just imagines it. Mm -hmm. what, uh, what, kind of, what kind of guys are you at house parties? It's oh. usually my house. <laughs> so the owner... No. Mm -hmm. uh, so you're you're the host. So I'm you're the, the host. person who's always trying to please Actually, everyone around. Actually, usually I have a weird. Uh, I'm more comfortable hosting a party than I am being at a party. Mm -hmm. oh. So I'm more because then I have a thing to do, check on people. I'm like I like the Gatsby thing. I imagine Gatsby at someone else's party where they're just like, "How are you? How are you, old sports? Pretty good. Would you like a drink? Old sport." No. Have you read The Great Gatsby? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I do love Wild still, Wild West. Still, a common phrase that was said during that area. Um, I don't know. Chris, what do you like when you're I, at parties? I'm the, I'm the snack food grazer. Mm -hmm. Like, almost never mm -hmm. really leave it. To the point that I even at some point wonder, like, oh, no, am I having too much of this? And that, not that I'm, like, worried that people are like, like oh, he's eating too much, I'm worried if I'm gonna just like demolish someone's dip that they spent a lot of time on alone uh, and then nobody else gets any. So what I do is I kinda like do my initial grazing and then I kinda just like see if others are like attending to the snack mm -hmm. table and if they're not then I just go back and I love the it. flashback in your mind of <laughs> you're just like, oh God. Definitely and reliving boom, and like, some parties right okay, now. Okay, <laughs> I've done three hours on this dip. I. I really hope it lasts. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, great dip. <laughs> mm, uh, mm. That's what I am. What about you? Uh, if I'm at a party where I, I know a good amount of the people, then I'm incredibly social. I like to, you know, make sure I catch up with everyone, check in, yada, yada, yada. Um, but otherwise, I am Angel at a house party. No. I am that person who the only person I know is the host, so I'll talk to them for a couple minutes, and then I'm kind of like either against a wall or find my way to an empty place where nobody else is at and just ponder my life for a little while. Like, oh, War and yeah. Peace, I'll read this for a little bit. Yeah, I've gotten to a point where it's like if I don't know anyone at a party other than the host, I'll like spend a few minutes with the host and then just try to find a way to kill time in some way for mm -hmm. an hour and a half before I just leave. Because mm -hmm. yeah. an hour and a half is a healthy amount of time to spend at a place before you're like, you know, it's not too soon to be like, you ditched it. Yep. It's not too long to be like, I'm just here drawing attention now because nobody is paying attention to me at all. Mm -hmm. Like, you're yeah. not someone, after an, after an hour and a half, if you're still not talking to anyone, then you're the person at the party someone has to worry about to pay mm -hmm. attention to. Yeah. So it's yeah. just that sweet spot of like, you did your thing, you did your time, and now you can go. Yeah. I have a question That's for you good. guys about the pacing of an hour and a half. But before that, let's go ahead and hit the music.
All right, we are in the central library here. Dennis has checked all the doors, made sure that we're secure. Uh, let's continue our conversation. But really quickly, before we do that, and I have, a I have a question that's kind of weird and a little bit left field based off what you just said in terms of being somewhere for the length of a movie. That's a little bit of a tease. <laughs> let's say you were practicing your clap dance and you were just like, oh, I didn't get a chance to see the episode. Well, fortunately, we have this little answering machine device that we have for all our investigating angels where someone has called in to report the events of the episode to the team. Uh, so let's go ahead and hit that really quickly. Um, hi, hi, how's it, how's it going? Um, never really called in before, not sure how to go about this. I'm a little nervous, but um, okay, so like pretty sure something was going down at this warehouse or like ice place and there is this girl and she might be trying to help out some other girls. It, it's very confusing. There might be a cult involved, something involving other dimensions, um, a very weird spine that glows and uh, there's a whole patriarchy deal. This is terrible. Can I try it again? I'm so sorry. So yeah, that was like a full. Great. <laughs> that was <laughs> that was the message that was left for. <laughs> no, please, please, God, no! This is my first time. I don't know how to do this. I was put on the spot. I was put on the spot. Here, I'll tell you guys what. Maybe I can't. I'll do it. I just need a moment. Let's hear. There's another tape I see here. Let's go ahead and just tap at this. That's gonna be. I think someone else called in. So let's go ahead and see what. Sure. He called back. Yeah, he got. He called back. All right, here we go. Okay, it's still me. All right. Um. Yeah. No. All right. So calling again because I wasn't sure what I saw the last time, but um, I'm pretty sure that there's some like interdimensional weirdness going on involving a, uh, a female fr freedom fighter uh, involving an entirely over patriarchal um, civilization in another dimension and uh, involving uh, just uh, oppressing women and their emotions and some of them are trying to escape and be freed and they're being hunted and there might need to be some saving involved or at least helping at the very very you know least so if you could call me back I'm in an ice uh, warehouse place it's very cold but um, also very spacey it's it's interesting uh, just give me a call at um, five 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 hold on let me look five 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 it's not my phone number five 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 and a half and 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 that's <laughs> thank you <laughs> there it is Beep. so the thing i was gonna ask you guys is i am so sorry oh no please that was perfect oh, please. Uh, you were thrown into the into the lion's den. I'll mm -hmm. get better. I'll get better. No, no, dude, you did great. You okay. did great. That was great. You if great. you guys, if you, if you wanted to, if you want to go back and listen to all of my summaries of the five sentences of Buffy's, they're way, way more insane and uh, awful. Than... If you guys like that, go ahead and tweet at Sunnydale Study Group SSG <laughs> Podcast on Twitter. Hashtag Isaac's Answers. <laughs> it's a reference to both James Brent Isaac's name and the answering machine. Uh, with which we heard those tapes just now. Yeah, we did. So. I'm looking forward to that one. Great. So the episode. The episode. I'm going to pocket my question for you guys. I'm just going to keep leapfrogging it back because it's not that important. It's kind of a weird question. Um, what do you guys think of the episode? How do you guys feel about it? What do you think about it? What are thoughts? I think it's good. It's oddly timely. Um, it's, it's a show about um, 
women trying to get out from oppression. And uh, weirdly, an interesting show to watch today with everything that's kind of going on and all the conversations happening. And also, if you've just watched like the entire first season of Handmaid's Tale, mm-hmm. um, this is this is another kind of trippy episode of yeah. such. So in it's it's interesting watching shows that make a commentary uh, like this that was at this point, you know, well over a, a good 10 years ago and how it's still relevant to today and what it's yeah. trying to say, which is both like good on the episode for being able to say it back mm-hmm. then, but also, mm-hmm. damn it, 10 years later, we still have to I have know. these conversations. Yeah. Like, ah, yeah. that's a little upsetting. Yeah, I completely agree. It's very upsetting to be like, oh, we might not see the end of this by our lifetimes. That's horrifying. Because it's just, yeah, this like ongoing story and the fact that like, these narratives are like even maybe even more pertinent today mm-hmm. with what's going on right now in the world. Um, I mean, we record these ones a little bit ahead of time, so we don't know specifically what's happening in the news, but I imagine it's pretty much in line mm-hmm. <laughs> with this fantasy uh, story, which is still know, very much. I I feel like Angel gets to be a lot more on the nose than Buffy in that way because these characters are kind of just along for the narrative ride. Mm-hmm. I feel like Buffy, like Sunnydale feels very um, special and particular to the show because it's a made-up town that's right. supposed to represent all these ideas and feelings. And in that, like, the writers and the actors and the producers and the directors are pouring, you know, like, in the art department is, like, making it their baby and it's a thing. So it's got to exist on its own and it can't just be, like, this idea, right? It's got to be a full living environment these characters have to be full living people. Xander's not just an example of this one thing, right? He's got to have mm-hmm. mul- multiple facets and stuff like that. Buffy's got to be a whole million things for us to explore. I feel like an angel, it's a little bit more, we all kind of agree, it's a little bit more stinted and simplified and boiled down in that way. Yeah. Where it's just like, yeah, these people go through a lot, but like Cordelia, actress in Hollywood. You know, like angel, older guy that wants to do good, but also has issues, you know? Like, mm-hmm. And grappling hooks, apparently. And grappling. <laughs> this is got to have. This is one of those Batman episodes of Angel, and I love yeah. that every so often they have Batman episodes where it's like, is he a Los Angeles Batman? Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Which makes the most sense. If we had a superhero, I think, in Los Angeles, it probably would just end up having to be a vampire. But yeah, but also, I mean, it raises this question, this question, like, he has all these gadgets and gizmos. Where were they when he was in Sunnydale? Like, he suddenly has all this stuff to help him, like, scale buildings and do things. Never once did you see a grappling hook on Buffy. No. Although maybe, maybe it's because hmm? maybe he did have them, we just never saw him because he would appear. He had in the places. chains. He had those chains that he chains Faith up with. He did have those. Yeah, that was a little. I think that also maybe he's become more focused. <laughs> what we just have some I'm questions just about like, those chains. Yeah, like what are the real origins of those? Because chains? they were there. Let's they're mean, in the oh, wall, yeah, right? Oh, yeah. Like yeah. they're like in the wall. It's not like he's like, hey, do you mind if I? I'll run to the hardware store and go get some chains to shackle people with, yeah. and I'll come back, and then we'll fully shackle Faith. Oh, here's Give me where two I days. Live. There's some chains on the wall. It just came like that. Just like came, the apartment oh, just came with chains. That's so odd that the yeah. one that the powers that be dropped me into just happened to have. That's so funny. What a yeah. funny thing. Yeah. The yeah. um, I think that. Angel is focusing on his career now, of course. <laughs> and when he was in love with Buffy, it just drove him so crazy that all he could really do is kind of lurk in her shadow. And then once he just plopped himself out of that situation, he uh, was able to get grappling hooks. Yeah. Focus on the grappling hook of the... Yeah. He's investing in himself now. <gasps> investing in yeah. Angel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> investing in Angel. 
Uh, I think that was interesting about this point of the season. So we're now on, we're halfway through the season, a little over halfway at this mm-hmm. point. And structurally, every episode of Angel season one, which is, I don't say, Monster of the Week isn't the correct word because that's not really what it is, mm-hmm. but sort of mystical case file of the week. A little like uh, Twilight zone Yeah, whatever Cordy's vision have sent us on, uh, everything is resolved generally by the end of the episode. Yeah, very episodically procedural. And I think that what's the difference between Buffy and this season of Angel and then actually even later seasons of Angel is I do believe what is special about a lot of these, uh, Buffy and Angel, is the overarch, is the overarching narrative. And... Angel season one is really kind of distancing itself from that in a way that I think is not necessarily beneficial to the show. Sure. Uh, and I think that that's part of the reason that it takes a little while for us to, for me at least, to really tap into the idea of Cordy and Wesley and Angel as an actual unit is it isn't until they start to have the overarching character The macro plots. story. Mm-hmm. And it's weird though because it feels like they're Act, I mean, he's the same set of writers for the most part. Right. And so they've been writing Buffy in such a specific way that it's so interesting that it feels like they're actively trying to not have an overarching plot. Like they've got Wolfram and Hart and they've mm-hmm. got Angel still Angel and he has to deal with that. But Angel hasn't really had to deal with any personal stuff for a handful of episodes now. Like... And Wolfram and Hart isn't even, I wouldn't even say sprinkled in. Yeah. It's not even sprinkled. It's like a drop here, a drop there. Yeah. Drought rain. Yeah. They really spend these first few episodes really trying to separate it from Buffy and and everything that's going on. Really trying to make it its own show while it's existing in in Mm -hmm. the same universe. Yeah. And I think, I like this one. It's a very intense topic. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's sort of a Bajoran element in the end, uh, where like in Deep Space Nine, the Bajorans are um, who fought against the Cardassians. Did I say that right? Cardassian? Cardassians. <laughs> I was going to say They were up against the Cardassians. So, so when they're fighting against the Cardassians, <laughs> they, you know, resorted to violence that killed innocent people in that process. And that's something that Nerys, Kira Nerys, has to deal with. And I feel like Bai Ling's character, uh, what was her name? Jaila. So when you find out that the death that prompted Cordy's vision to bring Angel onto the case was actually, you know, they caused Mm -hmm. that death. Um, But they are the people that were also, that Angel's fighting for. Uh, I think that that, what do you guys think about that choice? That they are also... You know, doing something that. Well, it's a tough one for Angel. I mean, he kind of has to. He draws a line very specifically. It's like, I will help you any way I can, and I can. I will support you up until a point. If you hurt people from my world, then I then I have to come after you. Yeah, I I have to defend my people as much as you're defending your people. I respect what you're trying to do, but there are rules to this situation that we're in. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and it creates this kind of. I mean, there's obviously a sexual attraction between the two of them, mm-hmm. um, which you can tell because her spine starts to glow. But also... <laughs> Is that a Battlestar Galactica thing? 
uh, you know what? No, but it's what I thought about when I was watching it today. Because Cylons also have the the glow spine. spining, but theirs is more of like the red goes up and down, like like it does it with their visors. Mm-hmm. Um, and here it's just an actual like glow in the dark kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so like the whole spine is going at once rather than just you know one lighting up like a Christmas tree every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and but there's you know there's this clear as well as attraction there's a very clear sign of respect between the two of them they're both not just warriors but protectors mm-hmm. you know they're trying to yeah. help the hopeless they're still saying help the hopeless at this point um, so they're kind of like it's this acknowledgement that they're both in the same business but they're yeah. also having to you know protect their own territories as mm-hmm. well yeah mm-hmm. yeah I think that'd be yeah, it totally is like, how can we exist even though, like, our existence at times can harm other people? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, how do we avoid that crossover as much and stuff? Which I like. I like that, like, it gets a little more complicated and, like, a little bit more, instead of, like, a straightforward, like, people are mutilating other people. Yeah. Uh, which is very straightforward. Like, how do we then deal with the complexity of, like, but they're living creatures which will also react to the environment and stuff. Mm-hmm. Which is great. I don't know. I like that a lot. I like this episode. I really enjoy this episode, to be completely honest, yeah. uh, because it's it's a it's like one of those like you imagine like the before Angel gets locked into like it has to shoot through this one story, and then you have like one off episodes, but it's like on that freight train of like this is the main story right. of the show. I kind of remember this like ambiguous dreamlike state of the days when Angel would just wander around Los Angeles and have to like deal with things and save people, yeah. right? And this is one of those, and I'm like, but this is what I would want out of those dreamlike, you know, things. Like, the two weeks ago, we talked about, like, you know, Cordelia is just pregnant. And the stuff that affects the team is, like, always, like, fun. But I really do enjoy this when it's, like, it's outside the team. So the team gets to just be their own team self and do stuff. And the jeopardy for them is pretty low, but they get to change the environment and, like, protect and stuff around them. Mm -hmm. And interact with, like, greater worlds. There's something really fun about that. Like, it's something I really like about these shows. Uh, but I think because Buffy stays in Sunnydale and a lot of it is within the framework of a small town or, like, sort of social structures and stuff we deal with on a regular basis, like, roided out football guys or whatever and stuff like that, um, I like that this is, like, if you turn the corner, you could bump into these characters in Los Angeles. Yeah. And this episode does a really good job of that, of, like, there is sort of, like, a Neil Gaiman-y, you know... Mm-hmm. Like underworld that is possible yeah. that could you could totally be missing if you weren't paying attention. There's not mm-hmm. a hellmouth drawing people here. It's just right. this is a city and there are lots of different this types of people dead, in yeah. the metropolitan area. We don't really talk about the fact that Los Angeles is like very port city, huh? I mean, it's like, by an ocean. I guess Long Beach is the port itself, <laughs> right? Because even Santa Monica, I don't think we get a lot of like not a lot of ships in Santa yeah, Monica. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You want to go a bit farther south towards the San Diego area. Yeah, that's true. San Diego actually has a lot more of that feel, huh? Yeah. Especially because of military presence mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of their bases out there in terms of like having the ships. But yeah, it's like, it, 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 it definitely feels, there are some shows where it's like an alien is like someone, an alien or a demon is someone who does not belong. And it's like, mm-hmm. hey, how's it going? Like we're in this like typical Midwest construct that is either true or not true. Um, and then there's an alien, and the alien doesn't belong. Like, how do we deal with that? This is a, you know, Fox Family show. Whereas, what I love about an angel is, like, it's Los Angeles. Like, right from the get-go, it's like, it's, there's all kinds of people around. Like, don't ever expect mm-hmm. to know the kind of person that's going to be here or not be here in the city. And that's, like, a really cool approach and, like, a really great, like, widened... 
I don't know, it's like in Sliders, if they were just like, but we're only going to go to like certain, like only certain universes exist. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then they're like so surprised every so often. I like the idea that like Sliders is like, yeah, we could end up anywhere. Yeah. No, totally. How do you guys feel about, so Cordy's had the visions for a handful of episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you feel those visions are or aren't changing Cordelia's presence as a character. Well, she is finding more and more clever ways of announcing that she's about to have yeah, a vision. Yeah, that's very so true. She's always like saying something that signals that it's going to happen. Here, yeah. hold my coffee. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you're also learning in this episode that she is feeling her visions as much yeah. as she's yeah, seeing them. Yeah. So in this episode, we're treated to a very vivid vision of a man not only being burnt alive but burnt so badly that his eyes explode Mm -hmm. um and she apparently also feels her eyes exploding so you're kind of figuring out like everything that she's going through you're going for and when you're physically feeling things that you know you're having visions of that that's going to change you over time so i imagine it's going to you know chip at her for a little bit oh yeah is this are her visions representative can we map that over to, like, a real-life experience? Like, um, I don't know, this is a very poor example, but it might be more on the money than I think. Like, severe migraines. So, like, you come to Hollywood, you're going to be an actor, it's really tough, it's an uphill battle. You know, like, I really got to pull my A-game and get all this stuff figured out, I have a job. And then suddenly, oh my god, on top of all of that, now I have, like, I have chronic migraines. or so, You know yeah. like, what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, yeah, I the can, metaphor yeah. is a illness that you just have to get through i mean i definitely didn't start having health issues until i moved to los angeles <laughs> same so like trying to actually get some kind of a life going for myself while dealing with all of these new wonderful problems that mm-hmm. my body was doing to me yeah. um that's yeah no I've, i get that that's yeah. that's understandable one so of my favorite things added to throw stress. out, because lots yeah. of people will be like, oh, La La Land, like, you could just sit by the beach and do all this stuff. Which, there's so many, you, you can be like, no, it's no, all depressing. No, I can count on one hand the amount of times I've been, onto the, been to the beach, just for fun. Not because <laughs> I was taking a friend there who was visiting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the amount of times I have consciously said, I'm going to go to the beach today, less than five. And plus, that's not Los Angeles, it's actually Santa Monica, a different city. But also, like, sometimes when people are just like, you it's live in... LA County. It? It's the greater Los Angeles area. Is it though? Yeah. Okay. Sure. I'll See, I feel up. like we'd know better if we actually went to the beaches sometimes. I go to the beach, but it doesn't. I don't. Check I like the, the beach. Well, you're close. You're also on the west side. <laughs> I'm on the west side, so I just take the train. I take the expo line all the way to the beach, and it I would just take chill me out. probably. I love an it. hour and twenty minutes on the train. Yeah, that's another thing. It's like because yeah. you have to go all the way around to downtown and everything. Oh, geez. But soon that won't be the case. I mean, it's uh, it's a good like forty minute drive to me. But even th- that's still less than it took when I was living in Jersey. Yeah. So like, there's no excuse that mm. I haven't been to the beach enough. But then once you get to the beach, where you park, where are you going to park? What are you going to do? Yeah, it's a it's whole thing. It's expensive. Yeah. Eventually, and I knew this would happen once I moved out here. The beach suddenly becomes like that treadmill that you keep in your basement in your house mm-hmm. where you yeah. use it at first all the time and then yeah. after a while you're like it's it'll be there i'll, I'll go tomorrow like, since it's, I it's live not going anywhere on the west side i've yeah. tried to turn it into like i have i now use my treadmill as um just a place to hold my drinks for <laughs> like not quite doing it but like i'm making use for like i won't like beach beach it where i'm like oh i'll be a tan god by the end of this <laughs> i'll just be like i'm gonna do some writing and the train only costs 175 I can. I have enough money to buy in my bank account to take that and then back, and then I have no more money. 
And then so I'll get on the train and I'll ride on out and then I'll like just post up at a bench or something or, you know, bring a coffee with me. Mm -hmm. And then I'll like do some writing for like even just half an hour and I'll be like, good enough. We're still, we're blowing the dust off the beach. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but my thing that I like to, in terms of you guys talking about health issues and people are like, oh, but you live in like Hollywood or, you know, sunny Hollywood. I'm like, there are days in Los Angeles, multiple days throughout the year that um, the elderly citizens and children aren't supposed to go outside because the air quality is so bad here. And we don't really talk about it because we don't have, like, a really good, like, communication system for that. But there are days I'll check, like, the air quality thing. And it's like, no, if you if you have children, they can't go outside today. And, like, all the stories you hear about, like, you know, Hong Kong and stuff where it's like, oh, that's so crazy. It's all the It's like, no, no, no. Kids can't at... leave the house today because, like, they will get uh, hurt hmm. by the air, by just breathing in Los Angeles. And so I'm like, yeah, it's great um, for a lot of the time, especially because we don't have, like, you know, major storms and stuff. But... There are also days when you can't breathe outside. So. No, there are days where whenever you hike to the top of Runyon Canyon or something like that and just look over the city like, and there's dear God. this layer of pollution that just sits above it. It's pretty disturbing. Yeah. And yet still, oppressed demons from other dimensions come here are creating portals <laughs> to be here and be free. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. something to think about. So you know what? It can't be that bad. See, that's the thing. This this episode works on so many levels. It's an allegory for female oppression and um, honestly that the uh, the spine thing is, is a whole allegory for female circumcision if we really want to get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it's, you know, it got a little bit of an immigration topic on there. True. As yeah. well. True. There, that was a, some conscious casting, of, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. Well, how do you guys feel? I and mean, we don't need to get so much into it because I, I not because I want to shy away from the topic. I feel like it's a much bigger conversation, and I don't want to mistreat the topic by keeping it into just like a five minute chat. Uh, but the storyline of removing the spines, which is pretty explicitly said, like to sort of like desensitize and desexualize like a lot of like the women in the species right? yeah so yeah. in the world of the show um whatever it is that's uh, that there has about their protruding spine is where they keep what we would call our personalities um also sex drive and just things that kind of make you who you mm-hmm. are and by removing that spine um it <laughs> by taking the spine out of you it uh makes you more um malleable in terms of you can just be ordered around a more subservient um so the men of this dimension are purposely taking out the spines of the women so that they can uh, serve them Mm -hmm. in their society um and in effect by doing so making them just kind of more like vessels Mm -hmm. or and not anyone people that have any personality or anything Mm -hmm. um so they're taking out what makes them an individual so that they can just serve the men of this uh universe uh (laughs) <laughs> yeah which is a very it's a it's a trumped up if you will kind of allegory of a lot of uh, female circumcision that mm-hmm. happens in certain cultures that thinks if you remove um this the part clitoris. of you yeah part of the, actually not even the clit, like the part uh, like a part of the clitoris yeah it's it kills your sex drive and thus makes you not going like sex crazy and want to you know being hysterical yeah yeah so it's a way of kind yeah. of curbing things this mean you know it's it's a whole it's a whole deal um matthew broderick's character in bojack <laughs> effectively <laughs> if you guys have watched 
up until the most recent episodes. You know what? I have not seen this season that's come up yet because whenever a BoJack... I love BoJack Horseman. It's one of my favorite shows on television right now, but I really need to get to a good place to watch BoJack Horseman. Oh, you're not ready. Yeah. Not for this season. <laughs> because at the end of every season, I'm just done. I'm just... Exa- I'm like, I'm just super depressed. Yeah. There's an interesting thing with this season that you might... If that's the specific... Will I leave this season wondering if I'll ever be truly happy? I would say that you would leave with a sense of certainty that you will be happy. Okay. It'll probably because that's my problem with every other season. Yeah, of course. Just just like no no. matter what I do in my life, I'm just not going to be happy. I'm not going to be happy with what I have. I'm always going to want more. Just it's not nothing's ever going to be enough. Yeah, this one's a little bit different. Okay. Uh, But in between, I think it's because a lot of the stuff you deal with at the time is like flashbacks to just like how women were treated in Bojack's family and mm-hmm. stuff like that and like context you might be missing from the way that people behave and stuff. And so that's just, yeah. It's yeah. just, I don't know. It's just like, I, something I'm trying to do right now yeah. is look at how are we being archaic? Mm-hmm. And because I'm really interested in the, like I love the advances we're making in the fields of like sociology and psychology um, every day because psychology is such a hard field to get down because you have to convince the scientific community that you've run an experiment that's repeatable but it's human brains and like you can get into the biochemical aspects of it it's a lot easier for like in a lab we can do stuff with but it's just like violence in video games does it make people more violent that test and like getting those tests and forming those is so difficult right Mm -hmm. and to be like here's what we did and it's like great but Weren't those all people just from Michigan? Like, oh, God. Okay, now we got to think about like all the different variables that go into human beings. It's so difficult. And then also realizing how we're in such a dark ages of information about psychology, as much as we want to be like, hey, we know a good amount. Like, Freud, who arguably started psychology, isn't that long ago. Yeah. That's like someone saying, yeah. like, oh, we just started this thing 100 years ago called surgery. And it's great. And you're like, how? But we've only had 100 years. Of t- like, that's only like yeah. three or four generations of surgeons. Well, it's, it's weird. It's, we're kind of at a point right now where we finally have a bunch of information about stuff. But mm-hmm. we just don't know what to do with how it. How to process it. Yeah. How to work. Yeah. I mean, even now, I mean, what's cool about this episode in particular is that this is not a topic that came up very often in scripted television at all. Yeah. So in a way, you know, it was very ahead of its time in that sense. Um, but because of these episodes, but because of television shows like these having being sprinkled over time, now we're at a place where we're talking about this stuff constantly. You know, a lot of it's because of the current political situation and, and a bunch of other things. But the fact that we are talking about it so much now means that something is going to happen sooner than when this episode first aired. Yeah. So there's a nice little silver lining to that. Yeah. I don't think yeah. any of us really knows what it's going to be. <laughs> a lot of us know what we want it to be personally. Yeah. But at least now it's clearly going somewhere because the conversation is a real conversation and not just, you know, something that's brought up every once in a while. And there is, this is an interesting thing. I know This is a Marty and uh, Greenwald episode, right? Or was it last week? This one was the Marty Greenwald. Okay, great. Sorry. For some reason I was like, but was it the Cordy pregnancy one? Um, uh, There's a thing. So there's like, there's this, this film called The Cheat um, oh, I want to say it was DeMille, but I think it was someone else. I might be wrong. But it was uh, an advancement in representation because it was uh, a story about 
why white women can't be left alone with Asian men and how Asian men are predatory. Uh, like these effeminate, like you trust them, but really they want to steal your wives. So it's still a very terrible plot in terms of representing a group of people. But the advancement was that they actually allowed an Asian American actor to play an Asian American character. So he got to affect the portrayal versus having someone not even from that group portraying those characters, right? Yeah. No. And so that was, even though we didn't get to change the world and make it a better place and like we could all live in Reading Rainbow, which is like the dream at the end of the day. Right. Um, it was still a huge advancement because it was self-representation in a narrative. Yeah. And that's the thing I like about Angel where it's like you still feel like there's a huge masculine voice behind a lot of these stories and like mm -hmm. it's from a specific POV. Not to take away any effect of Marty Knoxon or anyone who worked on the show at all. I don't want to do that. But it's a, it's a show about Angel, right? And yeah. Angel saving people. Yeah. And that's kind of like the, I'm not trying to say like, oh, this show fixed all the problems because like it's still through Angel's eyes. But at the same time, we get to see it through people who are being affected versus five guys being like, we have to go fix this problem. We have heard about this problem and the problem is now sort of our problem because it concerns us. I like the fact that in these episodes and in Angel, like it's you get to hear it from people who are being affected, in these characters who are being affected mm -hmm. in the universe versus Angel being like, I read this in a book. Let's go fight the bad guys. Let's never talk to people who are like the survivors or victims of like atrocity. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. That's a cool thing about Angel. That's something I really like about this show is that it still has a lot of savior and martyr complex stuff and they get way more into it later in the show. But the fact that we do get to share POV is at least a little bit. It's a yeah. cool thing. I mean, it does advance a bunch of stuff. I mean, you know, at least from the first few seasons of Buffy, um, not exactly winning points on diversity in <laughs> any sense. No. Um, whereas Angel, already in its first season, it, 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 it's going, you know, no series regulars yet. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we, we get there. Um, but at least in some of our like special guest stars and, and yeah. things, we're starting to see a bit more <laughs> representation, yeah. uh, which was something that did not happen in Buffy for a very, very, very long time. <laughs> yeah. The majority of the series. Yeah. 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 Oh, definitely. It's, I don't know. Like, it's like, I feel like we kind of get to go through ways where we're just like, we're an angel podcast and like, angel's great. And then we're just like, but also like a few episodes, we had like a little string where it's like, Ooh, a little <laughs> bit of like adjust the collar yeah. and then from that we're able to be like but like you're saying we're farther along in that conversation yeah. than we were before the episode came up and that's a cool thing yeah that's a I cool always, effect of tv i always kind of liken it to um you know whenever people say like you know we have this system in place right now but it's still not enough there's still much, so much stuff to be done i always go back to don't ask don't tell in terms of lgbt mm -hmm. in in uh, military service um before Don't Ask, Don't Tell, there was nothing. Yeah. And then they put in Don't Ask, Don't Tell just to have something yep. to keep people safe because people were getting beat up a lot mm -hmm. and worse. And now at least it was like, all right, well, just don't ask someone. They won't tell you. And then we'll all get along. And it worked for a little while and people until people realized this is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Just let members of the LGBT community serve openly they've been doing it this whole time mm -hmm. and but we wouldn't have gotten there if we hadn't had don't ask don't tell in the first place yeah so sometimes you need something that is not perfect just so that it's something to let people know how imperfect like this i feel like is. that yeah. is like a mildly complex thought and you have to have a lot of foresight and a lot of knowledge of i think also huge something everyone's like why do i have to learn this this is the reason why we study history you have to know the patterns of human behavior on a macro scale 
because it's kind of like, and we see this a lot, and we had a conversation that actually got cut out of a previous session because it just went on too long, but about yeah. John McCain and the health yeah. care vote. Because yeah. uh, I realized when we were listening to it, we were just like, oh, we don't talk about Buffy. <laughs> we go on for like 20 minutes about like non-Buffy stuff. Oh, wow. But um, the idea of like, let's say like you're making a pancake. Someone's like, I really want a pancake. And you're like, great. I made the batter. Like, I got it. And you put it in the pan and it's like starting to cook and someone's like, it's not a pancake. And you're like, yeah, because it's going to take a little bit to be a pancake. And they're like, no, I want the pancake. This isn't working. And they toss it out. All right, let's do it. Okay, great. I put the batter on the pan and it's like starting to like bubble up. And they're like, but where's the pancake? Like, this isn't, you're going to feed me plain dough. It's like, no, it's not done yet. Like I haven't, like the pancake's not cooked yet. Well, I got to chuck this out. Let's do it again. It's maybe you can magically get a pancake. And in some instances you can get a pancake. In some instances this is breaking out of like the metaphor simile we have right now. You should demand a pancake because someone giving you batter and saying it's a pancake is a problem. Yeah. And just being like, no, I said a pancake. You served me just batter. That's an issue. But when it's the wheels of society going, and it's something that we're a part of as well, mm-hmm. and these conversations we're having, sometimes you have to go through that batter phase with the knowledge that there is the promise of a pancake at the end. It just takes a long time. And it might take a longer time than you inspect or you're hoping for. In the same way that the cheat changed the way that we represent Asian American characters in filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And it sucks. And it's a really terrible movie. But we in the Asian American like filmmaking community celebrate it because we're just like, but we got one that <laughs> gave us two, which gave us three, which got you know got us like Better Luck Tomorrow, which gave us John Cho, who's the chosen god of uh Asian, Asian American filmmaking. <laughs> yeah. and, film. and then Marinaire. And like mm-hmm. so like it was it is an interesting thing where it's like artifacts a lot get us farther in it and you're kind of like leapfrogging and sometimes you might not be comfortable with the idea of like but i have to keep jumping on people's back and then they'll jump on my back and you're like yeah and i don't even be complacent but also sometimes yeah yeah unfortunately you have to get on other people's level for them to understand and sometimes getting on someone's level means showing even yourself in a negative light just so that yeah. they are seeing <laughs> yeah. something they're used to told with just a little bit of difference it's isn't that weird. crazy gotta, how it's totally a thing yeah mm. huh. man i want to keep going but that's our first bell which means we're really running out of time and yeah. i see dennis invisibly waving over to me mm-hmm. saying, hey, they know <laughs> that you're here in the Central Library. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one, one thought, yes, um, which I think we've touched on and we'll touch on again and again, is just that the, the Bai Ling is the name of the actor. Mm-hmm. Her character is definitely a reflection of something that Angel's going to have to continue to confront in, in himself mm-hmm. again and again and again throughout the series, which is that what separates Angel from Buffy is Buffy mostly just gets to be heroic. Mm-hmm. Whereas Angel has to deal with a gray area that is more representative of, I feel like, what the actual, either people in law enforcement or military service, people who actually in this world do fight against those who are violent in the name of protecting people. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what makes it start to be its own show mm-hmm. is when it starts to confront that identity and I think it's starting to do that here. I agree. Yeah. yeah. That's what I got. <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, so on that note, let's talk about our Los Angeles lessons. What are the takeaways that you guys have from this episode in regards to your personal lives in Los Angeles? I feel like last session we did was a lot funnier because it was mostly like if you see Ken Marino at a bar, yeah, <laughs> don't take pictures with him. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, for this week, what are you guys thinking? It can be serious, it can be funny. It's up to you. Um, if you are at a gallery showing, 
in Los Angeles and just step in front of the painting and start talking about the painting, nobody, everybody will just assume that you are an employee um, (laughs) (laughs) describing the work. No one will question it, Mm -hmm. even if you just walk in in the middle of everyone already standing around uh, and talking as if you're mid-conversation. People will just go with it and applaud you at the end Mm -hmm. if you know enough of your stuff. That's a good point. Actually, that also is totally possible, too. (laughs) I'll be up at the Getty Mm -hmm. later tomorrow. Uh, Go ahead, Chris. Never underestimate the power of tiny little hand dance claps. (laughs) They have stood the test of time. Mm -hmm. It is a clip that lives on forever. (laughs) Uh, Mine would be, uh, just keep in mind, if you've lived in Los Angeles for a little bit, you might feel some sense of ownership, but... This is the destination of many a demonic portal. Yes. And we're all just visiting from other demon portals Mm. in Los Angeles. (laughs) So that's my takeaway. And that is our final bell, which means we are out of time. We have to run out of the library before we get caught. Thank you so much for joining us in our discussion of this episode. Uh, It's a very deep episode. Crazy themes to get through. And I feel like um, it was just such a blast to discuss it and chat with uh, with you, Jen. So yeah. where can they find you, sir? Uh, James Brent Isaacs. You can find me on Twitter at the real underscore JBI and on Instagram at James, James, James. The last James has six A's because a regular James would have just been too easy. <laughs> Why would you want that? No. Why would you want that? How about you, Chris? Hello, I'm Chris Bramante. You can find me as a Montioc on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and every Thursday on Hyper RPG's The Gauntlet. You can also find me and Omar on the Buffy RPG on Hyper RPG on Tuesdays at 8.30 p.m. You can also find me with my musical improv group, Robot Teammate. We're bringing our show Turbulence to New York. At this point, we might have already put it up. I think that you guys will be back from that. Oh, okay. By the yeah. time this comes up, I may have already done the show because yeah. we uh, record these in chunks. <laughs> Hope that's not. Hope that doesn't give anything away. Break the illusion. You can cut this out. They saw right behind the curtain. <laughs> and then, but it was, but it wasn't like, a, oh, now that's the end of the story. The wizard was just like, pretend you didn't see this, and like, oh, okay, okay. And they go back to the giant head. He's like, I'm a giant head. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, hopefully uh, it went well. <laughs> All right, where can they find you, Omar? I'm Omar. You can also find me at Omar Najam on Twitter. Uh, as well as over at 13 Days 13 Shorts on Twitter, which is now heating up the last 13 days of October. Each get a theme. People make art inspired by it. You could be one of those people. You can make one piece. You can make 13 pieces. It's totally up to you. Uh, so go ahead and over to 13days13shorts.tumblr.com or 13days13shorts on Twitter to find more information about that. It's very exciting. It's such a wonderful time of the year. Uh, and if you're into Buffy and Angel, I would assume you're also very much into Halloween-y themes. Uh, and by now, the themes have been chosen. And I'm going to go ahead and put money. We were recording this before the themes are chosen. David S. Pumpkins has got to get picked. Oh, he's got I it. believe David S. Pumpkins got picked. Yeah, so, so put it in there a few times into the bowl. Yeah, it's it's there's. I think the jack-o'-lantern is half-filled at this <laughs> point. So... Uh, so go and check that out. And of course, as always, guys, you can check out anything and everything Sunnydale Study related at SSG Podcast. Again, that's at SSG Podcast, as well as Sunnydale Study Group on Instagram and Sunnydale Study Group on Facebook. We appreciate, as always, any comments you guys want to send in, anything you'd like us to read. We are in the fall of Finn currently, mm-hmm. so we'll be covering that in our Buffy sessions. But uh, but as, just thank you. Thank you for letting us do this. Thank you for joining us for these discussions. We love doing it. And, uh, yep, the security's coming, so we got to get out of here. All right, guys. Dennis, hold on for one more second. We'll see you next week. Pack up your bags, pack up your books. We'll see you then.